See, part of their story today is that they get to do the offering. They're going to help all of you offering. They get kind of excited about that. Well, good morning. You guys are responding like uh, you had no sleep at all this week. Let's try one more time. Good morning. are like blocks or like uh, walls of, of uh, whatever. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm moving around a little bit, but I hope the, the uh, monitors pick us up. But today I just want to say God's grace be with me this morning. We are celebrating uh, Reformation Sunday, but we're doing a lot of things today. So it's a busy morning, isn't it? Uh, we have Reformation Sunday. It's also Commitment Sunday. And um, on top of all of that, is a day to celebrate with uh, a bunch of people uh, brunch, right? So we get to go downstairs. So we've got like many things going on, and I hope you have a chance to come down and just, uh, just enjoy a little bit, eating other. I recognize something about people, and that is that the more places you intersect with their lives, the more you identify with them, the more commitment, the more relationship. So if we only see each other on Sunday morning, okay, that's a good relationship starter. And very important, and we want to do that. But I think that when you do other things, and you know, the bazaar, and uh, Bible study, and, and whatever, uh, book club, uh, the more you uh, establish that relationship with each other. That's an important thing. So thank you for being here today, for being a part of uh, my life. And I hope that you are appreciative that I want to be a part of your life. Now, you can only imagine the process that pastors go through to try and speak to all the things that are going on today. Brunch, uh, Commitment Sunday, Reformation Sunday. So, I thought I would give you a little peek into what thoughts uh, crossed my mind this week. Ready for that? It's like, things you don't want to know, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Okay? So there we go. This is what the process is going to be this morning. So let me begin with an announcement. Coming up on July uh, 16th through the 20th of 2024, four to five of our youth are going to participate in the National Youth Gathering. That's what I'm on. So uh, you've been there before, kids have gone before. In fact, the, the people who, who are committed to being uh, my youth leaders and adult uh, uh, leaders for that gathering are people who have been there before. Sarah in particular uh, is doing a very important uh, piece of that. Now, following COVID, the gathering was canceled uh, a couple of years ago, and our youth had made plans, and then they didn't work out, and there's lots of little glitches going on. That means that they're going to need your support. They're going, and they're going to need your support. I'm not just talking about the monetary kind of support, although, let me tell you, they're going to need a lot of your monetary support. But they will also need uh, encouragement, and prayers, and a, a little bit of your laughter, don't be afraid to give them a uh, you know, good uh, laugh for once in a while, a little pat on the back, good job, you know, kids feed off from that just like you do. I think the whole message involves around the title of my sermon. That's what I got to be going this week. God is our refuge, our strength. Think about that. God is where we go and is in the places that we walk and is here in this place here. And wants to know that we are participating uh, with him in this life and uh, is walking with us on a day to day basis. There's a place of strength, a place of service, a place of being together. 
segue into the mind of a preacher because youth gathering is in New Orleans. I don't know. Was yours in New Orleans too? No? Where were you guys? Where? Atlanta. Atlanta. Were you at Atlanta too at the same time? You in New Orleans? Okay. So here's what happens in the mind of a preacher. Uh, I said, man, New Orleans. Now, where, where, where did that segue in my life before? I thought about that for a few moments. And the memories came flooding back. The only other time that I was in New Orleans was 59 years ago. I was 8 years old. And my parents and our family were boarding a ship to South America. We got on the ship. My father had, was, uh, had taken a call to become a missionary in Brazil. And uh, the, uh, the segue is that uh, thought was that uh, the voyage was supposed to take five days, but guess what? The weather was so bad that it took us 14 days to get to South America. And I don't know about you, but 14 days on rough seas. My mother never left the cab cabin. She was throwing up from the moment she got on the ship until she got off two weeks later. It was not a good place. Talk about your place of refuge. Well, about five days into the voyage, uh, we stopped at Barbados, which is kind of on the way down, and we thought we'd stay there. We stayed there for two days. <laughs> Glorious, my mother got her stomach back, and uh, Glorious two days there, and then we continued on because the weather didn't change. So I thought about that. I thought about this courage uh, in, in stormy places, where we go for refuge, where we go for strength. Next, I thought about these things. I thought about our world that can be a kind of a slippery, a slippery slope for us these days. There has been, uh, I don't know if you've encountered, been listening on, on the news, there have been over 500 mass murders this year in the United States. 500 mass murders. 2,300 and some odd people have died in mass murders in our country this year. Now, not exactly a record that brings hope to our world. Where do we flee for refuge when dealing with that kind of reality? What does God want to say to us? What is God offering to us? Then this past week, someone came to church that I had not seen since 2019. It was a rather uh, serendipitous kind of thing. Um, the bad news of COVID had kept this person away. But they were obviously reaching out to a place that was meaningful to them. That somehow they were getting back. And it was taking this long, four years, before they felt somehow uh, in a, a good place within themselves to reach out to, uh, to the church. That's a, that's a sobering thing, too, to realize that Kenwood, in spite of the fact that our numbers are low, is a place that still embodies the idea of safe harbor. A place where people can be and find that sense of community that often gets missed. And sometimes it takes a while for us to miss that because we kind of, kind of think that we're doing okay. And then what happens is that we start realizing, you know what? I'm not doing okay. Being by myself in my home is not okay. Being myself with just other people who are doing the same things day to day, where no message of hope is offered, is not okay. That's not a safe place for me. People need a refuge, and they need other people with them when 
they find that place of refuge. This past week, I was listening to a uh, working preacher podcast, and a few things resonated with me very deeply. And this takes us to the gospel lesson and not the psalm for the day, which is where I got my title from. The psalm for the day, or the gospel of the day, is that there's this idea uh, that was continuing in my mind. And Jesus reminds his followers and his disciples that being a disciple means being deeply committed to not only learning the word or hearing the word, but actively listening to it. That's an important thing, because how many of you have experienced someone who hears you, but is not actively listening to you? Don't raise your hand over there, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens to us, right? We are, we, are good, we are good hearers of the word, but we're not necessarily good listeners of the word. First because, uh, Jesus says, Jesus gives the reason for doing this. First because, then you will know the truth. And secondly, because that's a lot of time when, when we have an argument, it's about, I, I, I heard you, but I don't know what's behind that. What's the truth behind that statement? Secondly, because this truth will make you free. In my mind, whenever I hear the word free or freedom, I have this kind of geopolitical light bulb that turns on. I think in terms of someone trying to control me or force me to do something against my will. Freedom for me, it seems, implies uh, do what I want as opposed to doing what somebody else wants to force me to do. I mean, if you have that light bulb in your, in your mind, remember that about freedom, that's what comes to mind. But the speaker in this, uh, in this podcast was opening my mind something very different. The speaker opened me up to a new image and a new idea. He indicated that the freedom Jesus is offering is a freedom to be creative and imaginative. Knowing yourself, exploring ideas and things, unafraid of making mistakes. Why does he describe it that way? He says, because once we know that God, how God is disposed to us in Christ, that his grace is, is sufficient for me, that his grace is mine, but regardless of who I am or what I do, that his love for me draws me into a faith relationship because he loves me, and that it can't change, that gives me freedom to be creative. You see what I'm saying? The freedom comes out of knowing how God is disposed to us. In this way of thinking, sin is the slavery of fear. That fear is what keeps us un unavailable and unable to respond to things. Slavery that separates us from God, yes, from God's unconditional love, and that limits us and refuses to let us be creative or imaginative. Imagine yourself without the fear of what happens if you don't do what's right. Think about this, just for a minute. Like, I'm afraid if I don't do this. Like, if I don't go down the road and go 90 miles an hour, I'm always afraid someone's going to find me. So I'm constantly looking this way and that way. You see what I'm saying? But let's say the freedom to imagine a new way of being with God. Think about it. When you are afraid, how can you imagine being free to be alive in Christ? Grace is the key that opens us to God and to God's love. See, that is the Reformation message for me. That's always been that, that peace, that freedom in Christ. Open to God's love. And that also has a stewardship thing for me also. Because when I'm open to God's grace, 
when I'm free in Christ, giving is not a chore I feel obligated to do, but the joy I express in all of my life with the imagination and creativity of being able to give without thinking that somehow I'm earning God's grace. You see, when I've got that taken care of, when God's salvation is given to me in Christ and that is free, I am now free to be giving. I am free to be creative in how I respond to the needs of this congregation, the needs of the people, the needs of those around me. Open to God's love. When God is my refuge from sin and fear, I am strengthened and free to live in gratitude. That good peace. I love that, that statement that we come up with. With the psalmist, I can confidently say, though the earth be moved, or the mountain shake, in the depths of the sea, or in this life, though our world is turned upside down, everything is broken. This one thing I know then, this church, no matter how large or small, is a place where young and old, members and seekers, come to find a word, a word they receive in freedom in Christ. That hears them. In this place, freedom. Is God's grace and will always be free. You guys have a wonderful reformation. Come and share the food, share each other's lives, relationships.